0: Praise God. Let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. And I want to read out of Matthew 25. I'll talk to you today again about the power of giving. And um, we're going to call this today, Fear Held Him Back. This is the parable of the talents. We all know the parable. I'm going to read out of my own notes. And then I'm going to put, uh, uh, lead us once we get to a certain place from the screen. But let me read this parable now. Jesus is talking about himself and his church, his departure, and then his return. So here we go, Matthew 25, verse 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Entrusted his what to them? His Whose money? his money to them while he was gone. Now, here's what he gave them. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Now, how did he do it? It says he divided it in proportion to their ability to handle it. That's what he did. Then he left on his trip. So we got Jesus leaving his church with his financial And spiritual giftings and then he goes on a long trip a long journey now look what the servants did the servants when after he had left who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and he earned five more the servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more but the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and he hid the master's money Well, after a long time, 21 centuries, the master returned. Because I think the Lord is near. All right. And he returned from his trip, and what did he do? He called them to give an account of how they had used his money. All right. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. What did the master say? He was full of praise. And he said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities in the next life. Then he said, Let's celebrate together. Well, the servant that had received two bags of silver came forward and said the same thing. Master, you gave me two, and now I have earned two more. He said the same thing. Well done. My good and faithful servant, I'm going to bless you in the next life with much more. Now we come to the servant in verse 24 who got one talent. It says, Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. Now what does it say about him? What's his confession? Read it to me. I? Well, I got about 10 of you to read that. Let's try it again. What did he say about himself? I was, afraid. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. Well, that didn't bless the master. The master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. In other words, God wants something back from the investment he makes in us. He wants something back. Now, verse 28, Then he ordered, take the money from this servant that he hid in the ground and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, more will be given. And they will have what, everyone? An abundance if you use what you're given. But then he said, uh, but from those who do nothing, even what little they have, they will lose. Mm. Lord, thank you for your blessing today. And I pray that you will, uh, Lord, help this church to be wise in investing what god has given us and thank you lord for a giving church that would give such a blessing to people on the other side of the world thank you for it in jesus name amen well turn to your neighbor and tell them perk up and listen you're going to need this all right let's talk about this a little bit today uh, very very important we've seen in the last couple of weeks how many of you want to be in a conquering church a conquering church, a church that lives for the glory of God and that pierces the darkness. Well, a conquering church is a tithing church. It's a tithing church because a tithing church empowers the gospel to go forth and go out to a lost and a dying world like we're doing today. You gave $16,000 to go to Haiti and to bless those people. And so through money... Through the power of finances, they're going to receive medicine. They're going to receive surgery. They're going to receive glasses. They're going to receive medical care and love in a way that is tangible because this is a giving church. Now, last week we also looked at the original fool on the hill. And the original fool on the hill was the rich man who had all kinds of money, but he was not generous toward God. So Jesus called him a fool. You, you, you might have been smart in business, but you're a fool in that you weren't generous towards God. Now, because I'm talking about money, finances, I want to say right up front today that if you're investigating Christianity and you've not yet trusted Christ or you're not a member of this church today, this is not for you. And I don't want you to feel like anybody is strong-arming you to give something. We don't want your money. We want to be a blessing to you this is this is a message for our church and for everyone in a church or anyone who names the name of christ that we need to be generous toward god and that's what this parable is all about now uh, let's go over this parable a little bit let's briefly just recap it and it went like this the master of the house went away on a journey who's the master of the house in this parable it's jesus christ He came into the world, died for our sins, was raised from the dead, and from the Mount of Olives, he lifted up his hands and was received back up into heaven. So the master of the house is Jesus. And he went on a journey for a long time. Jesus has been gone now 21 centuries from this earth. But i got to tell you, I feel something stirring. I believe soon and very soon we're going to see the king Prophecies are coming to pass so fast. It's like reading, when you read the Bible, it's like reading today's newspaper. God is moving, and Jesus is at the door. Well, he's about to return. But when he left, he entrusted his wealth to three of his servants. One was giving five talents, one two talents, and the last one talent, each according to his ability to handle it. Now, a talent was money, A talent was actually a block of silver worth about $1,000. In those days, a talent was about 20 years of labor. So the Lord had blessed these servants with a considerable sum. He had left them with a huge gift. Now, the Bible says that the one that had been given five talents or $5,000 invested it, used what God had given him, and he earned five more. The one that had been given two eagerly invested it and got two more. But then you've got the servant who was given only one talent and he responded not in faith but in fear. Now there's a little familiar saying in English that it would go something like this, use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. Use your muscles or they're going to become weak. They will atrophy and they will die. Use your brain or later in life, You become senile. Anybody around here having senile moments in your life? Are you having to walk around with stick-em-pads stuck on you and stuck everywhere to remind yourself of everything? If you're getting on in years, you can amen me. If you're young, trust me, your day is coming. I'm going to tell Aunt Kathy, she has become a stick-em-pad girl. She's got sticking pads here, there, and everywhere to remind herself we've got, we've got them on the refrigerator. Call Julia. Take care of the dog. Feed the dog. Feed Jeff. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but <clears throat> the bottom line is you use your brain or you lose your brain. All right? Use it or lose it. It's simple wisdom. But you know that the Bible teaches that very thing. And this parable of Jesus is all about use it or lose it use what I've given you or lose it invest what God has given you in the kingdom work or lose it in the end we have one life to live and what you do with that one life is very crucial are you generous toward God or does it all go go towards you now I want to look at this one talent servant because he's really the focus of this parable and so let's see what happened to him because he's the only one who did not hear the words well done instead he heard you wicked and lazy servant so what happened to this guy well first of all fear paralyzed the one talent servant I believe there's a thief in the minds of people towards giving it is fear and I understand that it's a fearful thing when you begin to go from always taking to giving To being a giver and not just a taker it is a fearful thing it's it's something you've got to go across the fear barrier because our natural inclination is to hold on hang on don't give don't let go and that's what our world teaches us the first two servants responded with eager faith and they invested what god gave them but this third servant responded in crippling fear he allowed fear To cripple him. And when you read closely, you see why, you see what it was that caused this servant to be crippled with fear. It's what he thought of Jesus. Because the master of the house in this parable is Jesus. What he thought of Jesus crippled him with fear. Listen to what he said about him He said, Master, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown. Gathering where you have not scattered seed. Now I want you to listen how he viewed the servant. How he viewed Jesus. He thought Jesus was a hard man. He thought Jesus was a vengeful man. He thought he was a cruel man. Watch this. He was in the house, but he did not understand the Lord of the house. He was in the house, but he did not have a good relationship with the master of the house. And there's people in church all over America today who have been lied to about the character of God. Matter of fact, let me tell you, one of the devil's great tactics against you in your mind is to persecute and skew and twist the character and the nature and the motives of God towards you. He wants you to think that God's out to get you. He wants you to envision God as a mean God, an unforgiving God, a a God that's just waiting for you to make a mistake so he can step on you and jump on you, and he's just watching you for you to mess up. You have a concept of God that instead of having the fear of the Lord, you are afraid of God. And there is a big difference between having a healthy fear of the Lord, which will keep you from evil, and being afraid of God. When you're afraid of God, you're always afraid of what he's going to do to you, afraid of what he's thinking about you, afraid of what his motives towards you are. And that was this third servant. He said, man, I knew. I knew you were tough. I knew that you were unforgiving. I knew that, and I was afraid that if I sowed what you gave me, that it wasn't going to work out and you were going to jump all over me for it. He was afraid of Jesus, afraid of God, and afraid lest he mess up and experience a worse situation. Let me ask you today, what do you really think about the Lord Jesus? Is he good to you? You know, what you believe about God is really going to decide a lot about your future. Do you believe he's forgiving? Do you believe he's good? Do you believe he's merciful? Do you believe he wants to heal you? Do you believe he wants to deliver you? Let me ask you another question Do you believe he wants to financially bless you? Do you believe that about God? Do you believe good about God? Or do you believe negatively about God? There's precious people all over the church world that really don't have the kind of concept of God that the Bible wants us to have. His fear enslaved him. And he's part of that household of God. He's a great picture of people who are afraid to really give it all to serving Jesus for fear of what he's going to do to them or not do for them if they sell out. He's never learned that Jesus is compassionate, He's merciful. He's kind. He's forgiving. So he was afraid, and fear held him back. And in essence, he put his money under the mattress and hid it. Fear put this servant in self-preservation mode. He said, so I went and I hid your talent. I hid it under the mattress. I hid it in the ground And I went into self-preservation mode. I'm not going to lose what I've got. I am not going to let go of what I have. Now listen, his fear caused him to be a hoarder rather than an investor. And do you know that fear will cause you to keep a clenched fist on everything you've got? I can't let go. Boy, I can't give. Boy, I better not invest. Boy, I better not do anything risky. Better not sow to the Lord because no telling. I may wake up and not have enough for me. And so we become hoarders rather than investors. He hoarded what he had out of fear that Jesus would do him wrong. Now, you know, I've lived long enough to see that there are two kinds of people in the world. There really are. Here they are. Those that have open hands, giving and generous, and those that have clenched fists, fearful and hoarding. Now, ask me who the happy one is and who the sad one is. I've never known a happy taker. And I've never known a sad giver. The giving people are not afraid. They know if they let go of what they've got, God will take care of them. But this man, this third servant, was not a giver. He was a hoarder. He dug a hole, put the treasure in, buried it up, and all his life, what God had given him, sat there. What a shame. Because this can not only mean money, but your gifting, what God has gifted you and blessed you and graced you to do. You dig a hole out of fear. Your gift goes down it. You cover it up in your whole life. It sits there and God never gets a return on his investment. Do you know that you've got a gift? God has given you an incredible gift and he wants to use it and he wants a return on his investment. Anybody in here want to hear the words? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. Let me make you a ruler over much. Come on. How many want to hear that? Then we cannot let fear, we cannot allow fear to paralyze us and hold us back. Now the final thing I see about this guy, fear made him miss out. Oh, did he miss out? he missed so much. The one with five talents sowed it, invested it, made use of it to the glory of God and he got five more. The one with two talents said, wow, I got two talents. Look what he's given to me. So I'm going to sow it into the kingdom of God. But the one with one talent The one with one talent never heard the words the other one's heard. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. I'm going to give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. What a great word. No, he didn't hear that. He heard, you wicked and you lazy servant, you should have trusted me. Folks, can I tell you today, God can be trusted to sow. He can be trusted to give. He can be trusted to invest what He's given you into His work. He wants you and I to be generous towards Him. Now, I want to share four insights that I believe will help us to be better givers. And I want you, don't miss next week, because next week I'm going to talk about plastic surgery. And I'm just saying that right now, and I steal that and I admittedly steal it from Dave Ramsey and his Financial Peace University that we're showing on Thursday nights. But he made this point. It's a great point. I'm just going to steal it. You know, every, every preacher steals uh, every now and then from someone else. And I'm stealing that title, plastic surgery, because some of you need plastic surgery. You need to take that Visa card and do plastic surgery. And I'm going to talk about the demon of Maul next week. And what happens to you when you walk into a mall? So I don't want you to... And you ladies say, oh, I'm not coming next week. He's going to nail me next week. I won't be here. Listen, if you will listen to what we're going to share, I believe God's going to take us up to a new level financially. I really do. I believe God wants to bless you and I financially. And so we've got to do it according to His plan. Now let's look today at four insights that will help us to release what God has given us and so into his kingdom first of all we got to know something it's all god's anyway now you think you own your car but do you know that one day you're not going to have that car and one day that car is going to melt with a fervent heat and god's going to get all the steel back and all the plastic back and all the rubber back and you're going to see that ultimately god owned your car You think you own your house, but one day you're not going to be in that house. Somebody else is going to be in it. And someday when Jesus comes again and renovates the earth, all that brick, all that wood, all that stone is going back to Him. And we're going to see the Bible was true when it said, the earth is the Lord's. And listen to this, and everything. Everybody say everything. Everything Everything in it. The world, the psalmist said, and all who live in it. That means what you think you own is the Lord's. You are the Lord's. When you live, you live to the Lord. When you die, you die unto the Lord. We are the Lord's. And in the end, we're going to see that he owned everything in this earth. It's all his. Listen to Psalms 59 through 11. I have no, God says, I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the creatures of the field are mine. So if you're a rancher today and you've got a hundred heads of cattle out there, God says, I own every one of them. Here's the deal. I have trusted them to you. I have allowed you to be a steward, but I own them. And when you realize that God owns everything and not you, you're not the owner, it's so much easier to let go. So I want you to say with me, I'm a steward. I'm a manager of what is ultimately His. Listen to the parable again. He called together His servants and entrusted His money to them. Whose money? his money to them while he was gone. That means his money temporarily until he comes back. One day he's going to come back and say, all right, what did you do with what I gave you? So it was his money entrusted to us temporarily. Anybody in here wondering where you have, where it came from, where what you have came from? You know, how many of you know, what you have came from God. He's allowed you to have it. So I get in my car and I say, Lord, thank you that you've allowed me to use this car. Thank you, Lord, you've allowed me to use my house. But ultimately, Lord, it's yours. And whatever you want me to do with what I have, it's yours to tell me. Amen, Amen, Pastor Jeff. Once again, we're going to have to edit out all this clapping. You know, we don't like God messing with our stuff until we realize it's not our stuff. Now the second thing, second insight is this. The law of sowing and reaping, I want you to hear me carefully on this, the law of sowing and reaping applies to your money. Paul once, uh, once, through the Corinthian church, he was raising a missions offering. You can read about it in 2 Corinthians 9. Paul was raising a missions offering for the Jerusalem church. And in the context of the gift they were putting together, Paul wrote these words, He said, quote, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Now the context here matters. What's he saying? In the context of the gift you are putting together for my people in Jerusalem, he who gives little will get little. He who gives a lot will get a lot. The law of sowing and reaping applies to our money. It applies to our stuff. Have you discovered that you can't outgive God? You cannot outgive God. God watches what you and I give. And when we give, He gives back unto us. Sometimes He gives us things that money cannot even buy, like fulfillment, like peace like the joy of giving to somebody else. Doesn't it give you a sense of joy to know that we're blessing those Haitian people on the other side of the world with medical care in just a couple of weeks? How many of you are blessed by that? Say amen. 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 The law of the harvest also applies to your giving. Now I want you to listen to what God went on to say to them. He said, quote, And God will generously provide all you need. How does God provide? generously. Then look what he says. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. How does God give to us? He blesses us when we bless him and when we bless his work. He gives back to us to a level that we can have plenty left over to give generously to other people. Then he tells them in verse 10, For God is the one, can you say with me God is, the one? God is the one? Who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way he will provide and he will increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Now catch that. God blesses you and I. He gives us seed for our own food bread for our food then seed to sow and when we sow the seed he multiplies that seed and then he puts in us a generous heart so that we can be generous towards others with what god has given to us you know people that are walking in the holy spirit are always generous in 2009 god provided for our church 1.7 million dollars We had a $1.7 million year, but you know what? We were able to turn around and give back to missions almost $270,000. We gave way, way, way beyond 10%. Why? Because he so generously blessed us that we wanted to turn around and be generous towards others. God is not only the God of provision, but he's the God of a generous heart. There aren't no Scrooges in the church. No Scrooges who are spirit-filled. Bah! Humbug. That's not a spirit-filled person. A spirit-filled person says, God's blessed me, I'm going to give to you. God's blessed me, I want to give you some of the blessing. This is God's blessing. Now a third insight that will free you from your giving, or free you to give, is this. Financial giving aligns your life with God's agenda. How many of you want to be involved in the flow of what God is doing? Well, that's about a third of you. Let me try that again. How many want to be involved with what God is doing in the earth? You know what happens? Wherever your money goes, that's where your heart follows. Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where I'm going to find your heart. Show me what you love and I'll show you where your money goes. Jesus said that our heart follows our treasure. Now listen to what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. He said, so two good things will result from this ministry of giving. First, the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. Second, they will joyfully express their thanks to God. God had an agenda. The Jerusalem church was hurting. And so he moved on the Corinthian church to give to them. And that was his agenda. And as they gave their funds, they aligned themselves with God's agenda. See, when you give to God's work, guess what follows that giving? Your heart. When you give money to God's work, your heart follows. How many of you found this to be true? And the more you give, the more your heart follows. And the more your heart follows. I heard of a man just a couple of weeks ago when I was in Washington, D.C. He was so used to giving and so addicted to giving and loved giving so much, he was a billionaire. But he said, my goal is to die broke. And the person he told that to said, what do you mean by that? And he said, my goal is to take all this money God has given to me and give it back away because I am so blessed by being a giver. So instead of giving 10% to God, he has now given 90% of over a billion dollars back to God. And he says, I want to die broke. Come on, church. This is the spirit of Christ. God wanted to bless the Jerusalem church. So he moved on the Corinthians to give, 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 give. And he said to them, Now God is the one who's going to provide seed for you, Corinthians. And he is the one that's going to increase your resources. And then he's going to produce in you a great harvest of generosity, just like that man has. And he goes on and says, As a result of your ministry of giving, they, that is the Jerusalem church, will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. So obedience to the gospel of Christ, part of that is to finance the gospel of Christ. Well, Pastor Jeff, I just kind of like being blessed. Well, get really blessed and finance the gospel of Christ. Well, I just kind of like praising God and going to church. Well, let me just wake you up a little bit today and tell you, you're missing a great blessing if you're not financing the gospel of Christ. Because one day, you and I are going to be called up before him. And one person's going to say, you gave me five, I earned five more. One is going to say, you gave me two, I gave two more. And then some are going to say, you know, you gave me, you blessed me financially, but I was afraid of you. I didn't trust you. I wanted to hoard it for myself. I went into self-preservation mode. It was all about me. And I hid it. Here's what you gave me. And he's going to say, there's not one thing that you earned from what I gave you, not one soul, not one hungry person, not anything. No, I was a hoarder. I wasn't an investor. Depart from me, you wicked and lazy servant. You should have trusted me. You should have known That I would bless you, and you could not outgive me. That leads me to the last thing that will help set you free. And that is trust God to provide for your needs. I, I wanted to bring a flower today, and I forgot. I want to hold up a flower. Because listen to what Jesus said. He said, seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Did you hear that? So when you give to His kingdom's work, do you think He sits there and says, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to do? They just gave some of their money away. No, He says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to target you for a blessing. Jesus said, why worry about what you're going to wear? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. And I was going to hold up a flower right then. Don't have it, but just imagine, it's in my hand. And They don't work, Jesus said, and they don't spin clothing. They don't have a job. They don't have to make money. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as this rose I'm holding in my hand. Look at that beautiful red rose. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you, oh, you of little faith, so you can loosen your clenched fists and say, God will take care of me. And He'd have to deny Himself to not take care of me. And He's not going to do it. There is a blessing to being a giver. There is such a blessing in my heart to send these surgeons, send these doctors, send these nurses, send some of our people to these Haitian people who have been waiting all this time just for a simple operation, and they're going to get it because we gave. Do you know that every week, resources from this congregation are used to ensure, let me give you some examples, unchurched people of this community will have a safe place to hear the life-changing message of Jesus Christ because you gave. Kids turned children are being trained up in the Word of God. Ignite teenagers are being saved and discipled. Life groups are being formed. People are being counseled. Addicts are being set free. I had a woman come up to me today, right before this second service, and say, Pastor Jeff, I was hooked on pain medicine, and I am totally set free from that addiction from the ministry back there on Thursday nights. Addicts are being set free. Missionaries around the world are being supported. Thousands are hearing the Word of God every single day through radio. Money that comes into this church helps maintain orphanages in Africa and Haiti, digs water wells in Africa, provides homes for unwed mothers, a new medical clinic in Haiti, and on the list goes. The bottom line is, many of you lost a great big chunk of your 401k about a year or so ago. Jesus said, money makes wings and it flies away. But guess what? The money we invest in God's work has produced incredible dividends as a result of your faithful investment. You're storing up treasures in heaven that moth or rust can't corrupt, thieves can't break through and steal, and the government can't tax it away from you. Can we stand together? you say with me, so I'm free free. to give. God will bless it. Now next week, I want to just really encourage you to be here because we're going to talk about wisdom in handling what God has given you. Plastic surgery, the, the mall demon, the voice you hear when you walk through a department store that says, go ahead, I'll take care of it. You deserve a break today. No, I'm going to talk to you about how to hang on to and use wisely what God has given you. How many of you know I need some financial wisdom? I know I do. We do. Now let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for the lesson of this one servant who missed out on what God had for him out of fear. Lord, don't let us be afraid. Keep us from fear. But help us, Lord, to move forward in eager faith and finance the work of God. That, Lord, this community will be touched by what this church has done. And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Will you take a moment before we're dismissed, I'm going to ask Jason, will you make your way up, please? And uh, Jason's going to share real quickly, so don't go anywhere. But I want you to say, Lord, I give you my finances. It's your money. Give me wisdom. And help me to use it as God would direct. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you believe he heard that, give him a hand of praise. Jason, you go ahead.